kind of like try the, you know, try the place out. So the, she asked me to do it. And I said that I would. And because they were asking that when you do it, that you attach a charity to it. I was like, all right, I don't know if I feel like giving up a Tuesday night just because I was like, but if we're going to do it for something, then yeah, I'm, I'm totally down. And so they left it up to me. I said, okay, well, you know, you choose the charity in, in which you want to be involved with. So we chose Save 22, which is a local organization that raises awareness of the fact that 22 veterans a day take their lives via suicide. That's too many, and uh, they're looking to end that. So I chose them as the charity last night, and I was really impressed with both the turnout last night. People came out, and the amount of guys that served, uh, men and women actually, who showed up to the event and said to me, thanks for what you're doing. And I thought to myself, and I told them all last night, I was like, dude, I didn't do anything. Like, I'm opening beers. Like, you guys did it. I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm, I mean, I guess maybe I'm telling people about it, but it was, it felt weird to me and um, to accept thanks and praise for what I did standing next to people who were embattled in war, in like war. Like, what are you thinking me for? Yeah, I mean, You're what a what a, what a um, what I want to say here, what a it, it seems like just like a misweighted like equation there of just like, well, right. yeah, this is not how it's supposed to be going there. Just did not feel right. Um, but I mean, honestly, man, I will. Uh, I'll pat you on the back a little bit more, dude. I think it's a uh, obviously a very commendable thing that you did last night, and I think I'm, I, I, I'm more than anything though, I'm just glad you found what seems like a charity, something that you can get behind, something that you can feel good about, and like kind of like give back a little bit with. I think uh, I think I think it's great that you got on board with save 22 i don't know how that all came to be but i'm glad that it did and i think it's making a positive impact not only in the people that you're serving but i think it's also you know helping you out a little bit so so albert wooden is the guy who kind of like heads this whole thing up he and i got together last night we talked a little bit and we have this new idea where um i want to take men and women both doesn't matter who were recently home from serving and i want to take them to go play golf and get them you know what i mean get them meeting other people and because the whole thing is is like you know, Albert and I agree that what I think leads to a lot of veterans um, feeling lost is that you have an extreme sense of purpose while you serve. Like, you, there's very little free time. It's like, you, you know what I mean? Everything's kind of like singled out. You do this all day. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. And then you come home and you're like, all right, well, now I'm trying to find a job. And you got hours of your day where you're just not doing stuff. Right. And, um, you know, my dad would always say idle hands are the devil's playground. You know what I mean? And so I feel like that leads to that. So like taking people who were freshly home, who were trying to get, you know, reassimilated back in life is like, let's take them to go do fun stuff. He's talking about doing a fishing thing with them too. I was like, yeah, I'd be down to do that with you too. And, um, so we're, you know, we're, we're talking about some more ideas. One of the things I really liked about Albert and we had him on the show, I don't know, was that a month ago, maybe two months ago at this point? Yeah. Um, one of the things I really liked about him was kind of, you know, it wasn't like he was just like, hey, this is the exact answer and this is what you have to do. He's like, no, we'll try different things. We'll do different things. We just right. want to, you know, we just want to be able to help people and however we can reach them. And, uh, you know, all those things sound great. I mean, I, you know, what, what a unique perspective those guys must have. And I mean, Albert and the crew that kind of run Save 22 on that problem that veterans deal sure. with, you know, to have yeah. those conversations. So, right, right, right. To, to, to have lived that life and then to be able to have those conversations and kind of get that perspective from soldiers, you know, either coming back, having been back, whatever the, whatever their story is. Um, just, I, you know, like, like I said, it's just a, a, you know, those guys have a, a unique look at how, how, th- how that whole thing works. There you uh, will be doing a, a hike. You can uh, check out save 22.vet. You can, and uh, they'll be doing a hike on May 5th. So I told Albert, I said, dude, that's a Saturday. So what we'll do is we'll have you come back in 
and you'll do the show with us on May 4th, that Friday before. Okay. So for that Friday before at 9 a.m., Albert and his buddy Nick, who are uh, both involved with Safe 22, will be back in the studio talking about the hike, and we'll get you know help them with some promotion with that, and then obviously I'm going to go out and do this hike. Um, nobody would... They would not tell me, though, last night exactly how far the hike is. I'm sure it's going to be far, right? Nobody wanted to lock down like, the length. <laughs> dude, like, it's, uh, it the, seems like it's quite a deal there. The one guy was like, dude, it's five miles. You're going to be fine. And I do more than five miles every day at the gym. So I was like, all right, well, that'll be easy. And then another guy came up to me, and he was like, dude, they're totally lying to you, dude. That's more than like, five. It's, it's a little bit more than five miles. But then they told me they tried to, they, they tried to raise my competitive spirit. They told me they're like, two women came last year and did it in full like you know combat gear like they wore all the gear and did it and so i was like all right well now i got it i was gonna say i mean at the end of the day i think you're gonna be able to push through it anyway but uh dude very uh very cool may 5th and uh is the hike is the hike okay Okay. may 5th is the hike they did find another band okay good madison rising is uh is gonna step in and, and do that and uh there may even be some surprise guests that happen um, Mushroom Ed was nice enough to give us some merch to give away last night, so we hooked uh, somebody up with a grab bag of, of, of cool things, and then they also sent a signed mask. They signed it inside the mask, but there's a but there's a mask that will be raffled off at the hike May fifth. So if you're a Mushroom Head fan, I mean you'll have a, you'll have a really good shot at that. Once again, buddy, uh, you know a little pat on the back here, a little uh, you know thumbs up, dude. It was a good thing that you did last night, and I'm glad that you're part of that organization now. So now let's talk about this. Okay. That Tozies. Yeah. My first time ever. Yeah. Bro, do take your woman there. Stansbury's a believer now. Do take your woman. Okay. There. Pretty swanky. No, I've never been to the one over here on 12th. I was gonna bring my girlfriend last night, but she got home late from work. It was already like 6:30, and she was like, eh, meh, meh, and I was like, all right, well, we're not going. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Yeah, I know how that goes. <laughs> I. Uh, I dude, I ordered two separate things because I was like, all right, I'm probably not gonna be down here again real, real soon. So let's try some stuff, right? And again, the manager was like, you need to try this Snow White sushi roll. And I was like, I wasn't expecting sushi there. So I was like, all right, yeah, okay. bring one of those out. So I ate that. Oh, my God, was that thing good. Really? I mean, ridiculously really? good. Just just, just bomb-ass sushi in the middle of Magnolia. So then I turned okay. around and I asked the kid Jackson, <laughs> who's like a young kid who works there, and I said, dude, I kind of want something else. What do I get? And he was like, dude, the 18-ounce bone-in is what you get. Right, so I'm walking around the restaurant shaking hands, doing. I said, "All right, well, Jackson, you know, get me one of those." And so, like, I'm like walking around the restaurant, I'm shaking hands, doing the whole thing, right? And I could, Matt, I could hear the plate sizzle from across the restaurant. I stopped mid conversation, and I said to the guy, "I was like, dude, you hear that? That's my dinner. I'm Jeez. gonna go eat that." And like, I, dude, honestly, it was one of the best steaks I've ever. Dude, that place was crazy good. I um, crazy good. I, uh, you know, I take I, your woman there. Oh, I was gonna say. I mean, I know Tozies has quite the reputation on it, but I, I mean, just in the middle of Magnolia, <laughs> just, just like, dude, best steak you had in a while. Sushi rolls, but delicious. I, uh, I'll, I'm sure it's worth the trip then. Yeah, I took a little uh, hibernation off the uh, the let's not eat so much plan because I was like, you know what I mean? But you can do it every now and again. Like I know, I mean, it was two days in a row because I had the tacos the night before, but like I I am, I'm back on the whole thing today, but I had to eat last night. Like I, uh, that, that 18 ounce bone in was so, so good. So Tozy save 22. Thank you so much for thinking about me. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy to have done it. And, um, I'm talking to those guys. I'll be doing many, many more things. I think probably with more frequency with save 22, I just believe in it. So I'll, uh, I think I'm going to get heavily involved with that organization over this next year. Your shot at $1,000 every hour on the program. Your first one is right now. 106.9. The 3-2. Breaking ball in the air to right 
open by the warning track at the wall. Gone! Welcome back to the Stands Ray Show. Rock 169. Indians in Puerto Rico, yes. And uh, Frankie Lindor, I guess, had uh, family and friends in the house. He went yard. And if you've seen some of the still photos being passed around the internet, um, I wouldn't have thought about it, but somebody like actually posted one and said something about it. So I did. I looked into the photo pretty deeply, and he was right. Like the looks on the faces of these little kids who were looking at Francisco Lindor as, well, dude, you made it. Like you got out. You made it. Like the look of wonderment on these kids' faces, and it's like, oh, yeah. Like these dudes, whether they want to be or not, they are role models. Like just oh, by yeah. design, like it's just the way it is. It's just the way it's going to be. It's like you do something great. Kids are going to pay attention to it. And the looks on those kids' faces. And I can't think of a guy more recently who deserves it any more than Frankie because he just seems like a good. Now, I've never met the man, but he seems like a good dude. And it uh, seems like he plays the game for all the right reasons, got the real love of it, enjoys what he's doing, um, where I feel like sometimes a lot of athletes are like, yeah, dude, I just, I'm kind of good at this and the money's good, so let, let me do this, where I feel like, and I could be way wrong on it, I suppose, but I get the feeling from Frankie that he's all in for all the right reasons. Just because he smiles, you know what I'm saying? Is that why? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I Probably. I, I mean, have you, have you ever seen him like in an interview or anything, or have you ever like, you know... Like five times, but there's always a translator, and you know what I mean? Yeah, so, so I was going to say, I, it just, I think one of those things no, where it's like... You'd be beheading chickens for all I know, I don't know. <laughs> when, you, uh, when you're charismatic like that, all of a sudden you're right, people are drawn to you. Um, he does have an infectious smile. Oh, he does, there's no question about it, and obviously a prolific player as well, so, uh, you know... I uh, I would assume that he's going to be the highest paid Indians player in 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 in, in, in ball club history, but uh, I guess we'll see. I would. It's a I new mean, era. salaries go up every yeah, ten it's a years. New era so, yeah. of baseball, yeah. So absolutely, and I mean, if you're going to pay a guy right now, that's the guy to pay, right? And I think he's another one of these guys. Baseball does a bad job at this. They just do. They don't promote their stars. Like you just don't. And I don't understand it. Um, I, I understand the sport had been suffering because you need about 10 people to play it and like this whole thing, and that's why basketball kind of picked up. And all, I'm fine. I, I understand all that. But baseball does a bad job of promoting stars. It just does. Like, I never see a TV commercial where they just kind of, for no reason, push this dude and then tell you all the games that are coming up this week. You need to do that with baseball. You need to, dude, because here's the thing. Okay, is that I believe baseball is like a delicious soda, right? Meaning the soda tastes the same as it does. It tastes the same today as it did 50 years ago. But what the difference is, is, is people have forgotten. So you have to remind people that the soda is good. I remember, and I'm using this analogy because it once got me a radio job that I ended up not taking, but I got the offer. And it was a legendary brand. I'll tell you what it was. It was WEBN in Cincinnati. And I remember at the time, the program director said to me, how are you going to help me resurrect this radio station? And I said, dude, WEBN is a strong brand. It is Coca-Cola. All we got to do is remind people that Coca-Cola tastes good. If you do that, they will come. And sure enough, he was like, you know, it was like two weeks later. He's like, yo, man, if you want this gig, let's do it. And I ended up not doing it for a whole other reason, but that's another story. But... That was, and I feel like baseball is in the very much the same thing here. 
where they're trying to rethink the wheel in all the wrong ways. Like putting pools and ballparks and like all this stuff. I, I don't get it. I think you got to sell your stars. And it can be difficult, again, because in a lot of instances, and in this one, there is a language barrier with great baseball players and the American baseball public. Like, there's a language barrier between Francisco Lindor and I. So I wonder if that's partially it. But they got more than enough stars that speak English perfectly, who were born and raised here, and yet they don't do this as well as football and definitely not as well as basketball does it. And I would agree, Fanton and I have talked about this before, and he he hit this before and he was right, is that basketball has embraced the 30-second highlight reel on Twitter better than any sport out there. Basketball has wrapped their arms all the way around that. And I think baseball could could do a better job of doing some stuff like that. The uh, the Indians are obviously in a good place right now. I feel like they um you know they have stars. They have the ability to do something here where it's like all right, you know you've had you've built up, you've built up, you've built up. So like this season, what they do with Lindor, with Kluber, with Andrew Miller, with these guys that are now household names at least in the area. In it'll this be, area, it'll be interesting to see. Can like I don't expect it necessarily to turn into the national thing that it, that it's been in the past, but like. You've got the opportunity here, Indians. Like you've got marketable guys, you've got charismatic guys, you've got a good baseball team here. Like, how far are you going to be able to push this thing? Man, as we are constantly down in the dumps about the Browns here. When you think about everything Fantone just said about the Indians, he's right. And he left out a big one. A big one. You have one of the best managers in baseball. Dude, when you think about the fact that we got LeBron, probably the best basketball player in the last 20 years, right? You can say, I'm better Jordan, I don't know. Fine. He's the best guy doing it right now. We got him. You got a damn good Indians lineup and a damn good, you know, a damn good manager for your, for, for your Indian squad. And what are we all worried about? What do we all talk about? What is always the topic of conversation? It can't be Josh Allen. Like that's, I mean, I, I can't believe it. It's almost like we're like, it, you know what it's like? We're like a five-year-old at dinner. And instead of looking at that big-ass steak we get to eat in a minute, we're worried about the green beans we have to get through first. That's exactly who we are as a sports fan base. lot to be optimistic about with your Cleveland Indians. And yeah, I would think, think in my estimation, Francisco Lindor is one of the young stars of not only the Indians, but baseball overall. And as baseball is going to try to go a little bit more global... I would have to imagine Francisco Lindor is going to be one of the guys they use in countries like that to be like, look, you, this is the sport you need to wrap yourselves around. Pretty interesting, though. I saw some still photos. Like I said, those kids looking at Frankie Lindor, you could just see the wonderment in their eyes. It was kind of a cool thing to see. Uh, I'm watching a couple argue and break up and split up over memes okay. back and forth at one another. It's getting a little ugly. I think it's kind of funny because I don't know either one of them, so we'll examine that. And I also have another Netflix recommendation I'm going to make to you. That's all next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 710, another shot at $1,000 this morning. We'll also do it again for you at 8 and 9 o'clock as well. All right, I um, we do this every once in a while. We'll, we'll we as a show, we'll take a couple of memes we see and be like, all right, well, what the hell's going on with this, right? And I understand it. 
I, I, I remember, I, I think it was last week on the program we were talking, and I admitted that I don't know what it is about people, but and I almost wanted to do this again last night. Where every once in a while, I, like the rest of you, will go, I should post these song lyrics that are very personal to me. <laughs> I should do this. Okay. Right? Like, um, I'll give you an example of one of the ones that, that always makes me think about doing it. Okay. There's, a, there's a song I really, really like. It's called Do You Know? And it's by a band, Tonic, that I love. And in there he says um, something about, like, I'll live my whole life for this one moment just so I can prove that I know what it's worth. And for some reason, it speaks to me on that level, right? And I think it's because I've been maybe guilty of, uh, or at least other people have told me that I've been guilty of things like that, where it's like, dude, you don't even know what's, what you're involved with here, this and that. And so there's something about it that speaks to me. But I was like, dude, nobody knows that. Why the hell am I going to post this on my Facebook page? That's stupid. Why am I doing this? Yeah. But yet there's a desire as a human being to do it. There is something. I mean, obviously, lyrics exist to kind of express feeling. You know what I mean? So it's not necessarily shocking that people who aren't or aren't as, you know, skilled at expressing themselves find that as an easy way to do it. You know right. what I mean? It's like, well, I can't find the words to express this what's is going what on I've been in trying me. To say. Right, but this is what this is what's actually meant here. Um the problem with it is is that in your mind, it's like, okay, this is something this is and if and I guess if you don't care what people think about you or you just don't like But the problem is is everybody does care. So what right, so think. you put something up and all of a sudden people are reading it and it just reads as pretentious. It does. Like, like it reads as like okay, dude, we get it. I would agree, and I but I have to fight against my 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 better demons about this stuff all the time. You don't have to. You could. You could just lean into it. You could just be like, whatever. I'm gonna be post lyrics up, dude. I used to be that guy. Just post them up there. Yeah, I used to be that guy. So deep. So I see people, and I air my dirty laundry out over the radio. So it sounds crazy for me to be the guy. That's like, dude, you shouldn't air your dirty laundry out right. on, on Facebook, right? Sounds kind of crazy. For, uh, for me to be the guy to tell you that, but I would be a little careful about some things. And this guy, and I don't know him, all right? And he could be listening right now for all I know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I kind of hope he is. I do. <laughs> but he posted this meme, I guess, and it's now one of these ones that's not just a still photo. It's a little bit of a video that's got sad music behind it, but it, it just moves. Now, the reason why those those exist is because Facebook gives a higher priority in the algorithm to videos. That's then why pictures. Yeah, then it does pictures. That's why you see those where people don't really want to create video content because that's harder work. Um, so pe- I was going to say, nothing moves. It's still it's just, just like picture. It's it just kind of like a little bit of movement to it. will play yep, behind yep, it. Yep, yep, yep. And that's exactly what's happening there. Oh, Facebook I didn't has, know that. Facebook puts more of a priority on videos. I would too. If I was running Facebook, I would too. That makes more sense. You're probably more likely to watch something moving than you are just something sitting still. So I understand what Facebook's doing there. So back to this guy's meme where he says, have you ever allowed someone to treat you poorly just because you loved them? Well, of course, Mike. We all have done that. (laughs) Yeah. We all have done that, which is why these memes are out there. It's because it's much like why you connect with songs. It's because, yes, everybody's been through these 15 things in their life. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Everyone's got their own story to tell and have been through their own, you know, circumstances in life. But at the end of the day, you're right there. What is there? 15 things we've all done. And it's like, okay, you know. And so, like, I'm watching this and I'm just thinking to myself, what's the goal here? Like if because the goal cannot be to alert said person that they hurt you because they know because you have let them know that they have hurt you before you go to Meanville. Like you've had the argument. You are trying to show other people they hurt you. 
That's what I think that this guy's doing. So that's the whole purpose. Uh, I so think at its core, like whether he knows it or not, what he's trying to do there, whether it's a driving to, factor, whether it's trying to score sympathy points or whether it's trying to, you know, hey, maybe if I show enough people that she's crazy, she'll recognize she's crazy. She'll snap out of it and come back to me. Okay. There's, there's, there's that's crazy. There's that. I want to show the rest of the world that she hurt me. Yeah, there, there it is. He wants to paint himself as the victim there. Which you might be out Thinking that you're going to take a crazy person and snap them out of crazy, that in itself is crazy. Yeah, but when you're heartbroken, dude, you just don't. You, you, we, you and I know that right now because we're of, of sound mind and body. But like, if yeah, you're been there. if you're heartbroken, dude, you can you, just just all the evidence in the world can just be piled up, and you're you're just blind to it. You don't care. So let's scroll down to the comment section of his post. Okay. Where I believe he then took a screenshot of the ex's meme oh. that she posted oh. and put it in his in his comments to show people. Okay. And her meme is a man is only insecure about his woman when he knows that she deserves better. All right. Men, women, all of you, you gotta stop patting yourself on the back. Here's what I know about you. You're not that great. <laughs> no, you're probably None not. None of us are that great. We're all a pile of mistake. Every last one of us. You're probably a premature ejaculator. She's probably a raging bitch. There's like, dude, nobody's good. Like, it's all just, you know what I mean? I guess you'll do. That's like, okay. That's what it is. It's like, I don't understand what is to be gained by this. And what I, and what, and I guess maybe this is because I try really hard not to do these things anymore because it negatively affected my life once upon a time where I just really believe that a future suitor for you that you may be interested in is going to look at this and go, dude, this is weakness that I can't accept in a partner. Yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely if this is how you're going to be about things, and this isn't necessarily something. Like every I want time we fight, life. this is what's going to happen. Now, you're going to rush to Facebook. What she what she was trying to do there, what the ex was trying to do there, is she was trying to justify why she has a new man. You know what I'm saying? Because isn't that always something when you see somebody within the course of a week go from in a relationship that they've been in for you Three know years. a significant amount of time right. to single to new dude. All of a sudden, it's like, well, come on, we knew what was happening there, and that's why she's, and that's why she's in the, in the, well, you know, if there was a man who knew that what I was worth, and this guy knows what I'm worth, and you know, Eric, my new boyfriend, and it's like, all okay, right, so, oh, okay, so I called the guy out, okay, so, so, ladies, let me call you out, okay. Make it easy for me to figure out what you're worth, bitch. Make it easy. Quit making it a puzzle for me to figure out how great you are. Like, dude, that's the thing about women. I love you, and I think you're superior to men in most ways. I really, 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 really do. But at the end of the day, this, I'm I'm a puzzle. I'm a box. You got to unfold me. Like, dude, I'm done with it. I'm done, ho. I'm you done. Don't, you don't. No, use your words. You don't feel like men do the same thing, though? You don't feel like there's the onion aspect of men where it's like, dude, you got to get through all these layers of crap before yeah, you get I down guess, to what you know it's really what, what, worth? What men have done is that we've, we've sold that as, well, I'm stuck. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, guys, okay. which, by the way, ladies, there is no such thing as the strong, silent type. Your man is a little bitch coward inside like every other person alive, dude. He's scared to death of women just like every other man alive. It's just the way it is. But I think you got to be careful about this kind of stuff, dude. And again, so another woman comments on here. She was like, yeah, I had this happen. It was you and I left you. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Jeez. I have finally figured out. Wow. I have finally figured out why Facebook is so popular. Wow. 
And I, dude, this honestly, th- I think this will probably show most people how stupid I really am. Because I just now have figured out why Facebook is popular. You know why? Because it's Maury Povich with people you know. It's like watching the Maury Povich show and your neighbors are the guests that are on it. That's exactly what this is like. And so no wonder you love it because it's everybody's dysfunction and you're not supposed to know it. I just, you got to be careful about this kind of stuff. I used to be this guy where it was like, oh, no, the world needs to know that I'm feeling this way. No, they they don't. don't. They don't care. No, not only do they not care, they're laughing at you. (laughs) They are laughing at you. More Stansberry Show and a shot of $1,000 next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 1069. I have $1,000 for you here momentarily. We'll get you up for that. I guess ESPN is having a bitch of a time trying to find out who they're going to who they're going to have take over for John Gruden. They wanted Peyton Manning, and I get that. But I guess Manning turned him down. Yeah. uh, Peyton Manning is the guy you'd want. $10 million a year they offered Peyton Manning. (sighs) It's hard to turn down that kind of money. Well, I mean, I don't know what his net worth is, but it's enough probably where... I don't know. It's ten million. Yeah, it's ten million, dude. I mean, I mean like yeah. that's. The I thing. mean, that's it's, just it. It's it, it's not ten million. Like, yo, bro, you got to get out there over and, like five years of your career, it, or, or you have to go be a quarterback because, like, you know, obviously the the wear and tear on your body, the preparation, the hours that go into that. Like, don't get me wrong, you have some homework to do as a commentator, a lot. But like, but at the end of the day, it's watching football, which Peyton Manning's going to be doing anyway. I can't believe good at it. I can't believe you turned down ten million dollars a year to do that. I think people misunderstand how much work that. That job actually is. I think it's a lot like this job, where people will go, oh, well, dude, all you do is sit down and talk. How hard can it be? And I always say, you know, people always say to me, who couldn't do what you do? And I have to fight the temptation to say, well, off the top of my head, you. Somebody said to me the other day, and my jaw kind of hit the ground when this happened. He was like, dude, I could never do what you do. He's like, I'll have a conversation with you right now. He's like, I could never do that. And I'm like, really? I like, usually it is. It's the exact opposite where they're like, well, I could do that. The amount of times on the old show we would do that, when people would call in and be like, you guys are morons, so easy. And I'd be like, all right, dude, show, here up, here, show up here at 4.30 today. And you'd put them in the studio, and they would be like, uh, uh, uh. Like, yeah, dude, that's what I thought. Like, it, it's, I know it seems, dude, if something, if you were watching somebody do something, and it looks really easy, it's because they're good at it. That's what, it, most things are not easy. I think people have a misunderstanding of how much preparation goes into those analyzing jobs. Now, I think that's what made Gruden really good at it, is that he is a tape Junkie. Yeah, I was going to say coaches are going to have a you know an, abil- an, an ability to do that. Tony Romo's pretty good at it. I know a lot of people have a hard time with Tony Romo like predicting the play and then that happens. I kind of like it. I kind of like, well, dude, that's kind of cool that the guy knows that much about this, that he's right about what's about to happen. I kind of like it. Now, I know there's some people complaining about that. Now, I bring this up to tell you this, that apparently another huge quarterback name, huge, tanked it. Brett Favre. Gunslinger was a backup option at ESPN. And apparently, dude, botched it. Really? Couldn't do it. Eh, I'm not surprised, I guess. Well, here's the thing. At first, I was like, all right, I'm not that surprised. And then I was a little because I remember Brett was kind of known around the NFL 
to be a jokester, to be uh, like you know a prank kind of guy, um, and had a very easy uh, personality and you know kind of just easygoing and and so I I and obviously used to being on television, so I just assumed he would be kind of like a, a playful dude. Yeah, I, and I, I get where that comes from. It's it, it's the natural charisma, and he is a charismatic dude. Oh, I dude's think got it in space. I, I think that's fair to say, but like. Just being like kind of funny and easygoing doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to have that like that sharp wit to you. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to be able to like keep up with the conversation. I mean, there's plenty of dudes I know who are funny and easygoing, and I love hanging around. But I don't. I wouldn't necessarily want them in that role, in the role that we play. You know what I mean? So, yes, the personality's there, but maybe the I wonder, Maybe the mental part of it wasn't there for well, him. Well, I wonder if there was some of the other things that he has said in public worked against him, and they're claiming the inter- that, that the process didn't go well. Because you got to like remember, what? Brett Favre, I think it was just a couple of months ago, told Rich Eisen on his podcast that he hopes his grandchildren choose another sport and don't play football. Now, if you're ESPN, if you're the NFL, is that the guy who you want on TV running, you know, commentary on your games? My guess is probably not. No, old, old D picks Favre over there. No, I don't know if that would necessarily be the look I wanted. I, I, I can't imagine, especially when, now. I guess he also told Megyn Kelly that if a ding is now considered to be a, a, a concussion, that he's had hundreds. So again, I don't know. Now, does the network care? Because the ESPN ran a ton of like concussion stuff. But I mean, like. It goes back to maybe it's not so much like, well, he said so many concussions. That's why we don't want him out there. It's more like, well, he said so many concussions. He can't keep up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, maybe, that's, more, maybe that's what it is. Maybe the brain's not working on it. I was more along the lines of he won't shut up about the fact that this game is a dangerous thing to do. I would think that he just won't shut up like he's babbling in the middle of a, of the broadcast. Like, oh, my God, dude, shut up. We're, we're, we're trying to, like, make a product here. Yeah, that, that could you got to worry about that. I used to host the Browns pregame show when I, I worked at a radio station that was the flagship station for your Cleveland Browns. Now they no longer are now, but they were when I worked there. Okay. A pretty good get for uh, what was that, La Ocho or whatever it was? Yeah. 88.7 La Mega! <laughs> 87.7. And yeah, they told me football and I had no idea it was going to be soccer. I had, no, I had no idea. It was not 87.7. That's very, very funny, you dick. But we had to do the pregame show. Every, for every home game, we would be live uh, uh, on remote at House of Blues. And when they were away, we would be in the studio. And I remember during one of the home games, we were there at the House of Blues, and I'm not going to tell you the guy's name because he is the nicest man you will ever meet in your entire life, but he was a former Cleveland Brown. And there were the, the amount of times in the three seasons I did that with that guy, the amount of times I sat there and while talking to him about football-related things where he would just be in left field, and you could see it in his face where he was like middle of the conversation like, where are we? What are we talking about? As a matter of fact, he read a letter to the Browns organization live on the air as like a, I'm done, I'm furious, you need to fix this. By the way, that was 15 years ago. He uh, was like, you need, you need to fix this, right? And in the letter that he read on the air, he had misrepresented the year like seven times. Ugh. And... Phantom, not uh, by like a year, not like, oh, well, it's just, you know, it's February. And he right, didn't, you right, know right, I mean? right, right. Not one of those. No, dude, he, he was like six years off. Wow. 
multiple times. So what I'm saying is he wrote this thing out. And along the way, writing it out, didn't realize that that wasn't the year. And like, and like, that's the thing is you can't let somebody like that up on TV. Now, I don't know if that's where Brett is. No, 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 no. But I, 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 I can't see that was being it, out of the question. Was it maybe part of the speech? Was it part of like that? Like, because again, Brett does have a little redneck Mississippi draw in there. Is that it? I don't know. It, it's that would either, they care? I don't know if they well, care. That either plays well for you or plays against you. Because like at the end of the day, most people in the world want to hear people that sound like them. You I know what I'm saying? Yes. And that's why a lot of broadcasters just kind of have that generic American sound to them. Why do you think can they hire two idiots for you? Right. <laughs> I mean, like can. Um, but you, 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 you want somebody that sounds like you. So I, I, I definitely don't think that's out of the question. Like, well, dude, maybe he sounds a little too slack jawed. Maybe he is a little bit too, you know, CTE dinged up or whatever he wants maybe. to call it. And like, maybe you know. Maybe there is a little bit too much of the, well, I'd want my kids playing something else. You know, this game isn't necessarily safe. You know what? Those three things added up together, that's enough. Any one of them on their own, maybe not enough. Right. But, but, you, but you make the Voltron of bad things, and then all of a sudden it's like, let's not do this. And maybe he sucked at it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he went in there, had his easy. audition. Had his audition, and I don't know what the audition process is. I don't know if you're sitting there doing a mock game or whatever it is. I would maybe, imagine. Maybe he went in there and just biffed on it. You know what I mean? And that happens. I mean, this is what's crazy about that business, is that the guy, the broadcaster, had to start calling Little League Baseball 50 years ago and work his whole way up that ladder to get a polished broadcast delivery. Here he is, having the time of his life. Remember that guy? That was like the first day on the job guy. But the, the dude in the booth has been working at that 40-whatever years and has mastered it. And then a guy, retired, can't spell his name. They're like, get in there, dude. We're going to pay you four times as much. But you used to wear a helmet, and you can't speak, so you're the dude. Like, I always feel bad for the esteemed broadcaster who's in there like, dude, this guy, like, see, this guy's going to kill me. In here, I always worry about that dude. I wonder who, dude. Maybe Joe Thomas is going to be it, right? I mean, man, I always said I didn't think he was a big enough star because he was an offensive lineman, played for a team nobody cares about. I was like, ah, I don't know if he's got enough like panache, but maybe he does. I mean, at this point, I don't see why not, right? I you mean, could do worse, obviously. You could do worse than Joe Thomas. Every hour on the program, you have a shot to win yourself a thousand dollars. Your next one is right now. Nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 1069 online for you, WRQK.com. It's been a good morning so far, fans. Don't I like it? So far, so good. Had a pretty good week thus far. Yeah, we kind of have. And I, that's the thing is I don't want to draw too much attention to it now. I'm like, dude, it's all crashing down. Look at me talking during a no-hitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. Probably shouldn't do that. No. Probably shouldn't do that there. Lewis Black tickets up for grabs. 830. He's playing Akron Civic Theater. We'll get you hooked up. 8.30. That show, not until October. You're beating the box office this morning with us. BTBO is what they call it in the industry that's right there. How, that's how it's written in the emails. Yep. All right. I uh, I saw this, and I would imagine that this is top of mind for a lot of, well, men listening, and I would imagine for more than a few of you ladies as well, as you're probably worried about your partner with this particular issue. We talk this issue a lot. Um, maybe this is why we get called juvenile. By some people. I don't know. Let's find out right now. A lot of people in the world suffer from premature ejaculation. Now, we found out just the other day on the program that according to science, that 
reaching climax in three minutes or less during penetration is technically premature ejaculation. You make it three minutes, one second, you're a stud. There it is. Yeah, pat yourself on the back. Two fifty nine, mm. loser. Mm. <laughs> I think that's. I mean, that's. I mean, that's. But that's what. The, that's basically what they were saying. Okay. Right mm-hmm. now, the penis can be tricky. You know what I mean? Like I, it's 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 never really a a standard. When I talk to most guys, they don't really have a standard. It's like, well, dude, maybe on Monday it'll be this, and maybe on t- you know Wednesday it'll be this. I can go. I most guys I talk to can be. A, 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 they can their their lasting ability can vary. Million different factors that play into sure. it. I mean, in, you know, so I I, I guess. You could probably come up with an average, but you're right. That's going to be there's going to be high highs and low lows. It's going to be skewed. Okay. Okay. So they are giving us ways on how to make sex last longer. Okay. They say in Europe, there are many legal drugs that will help you last longer in bed. But the problem here in this country is the FDA has not approved those drugs. And they say even though trials show these drugs genuinely benefited men with premature ejaculation, the FDA sets what they say is a very high bar for drugs used to treat non-life-threatening conditions. Really? That's what the FDA does? Um, well, most a lot, of, a lot of boner pills that you'll find haven't been evaluated by the FDA because they're not... They're not claiming to prevent or cure an disease. illness or disease. Right, 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 right. So I'm surprised that they haven't been able to bring these boner or whatever these, you know, these drugs are from Europe. What is the difference between those and the stuff you buy over the counter at the gas station? Oh, I wonder what the difference in those would be. I mean, I guess I, I could I could be wrong here, but I just feel like anything you're buying from a gas station to improve the performance of your penis, probably not going to work, right? I mean, the placebo effect, I guess. But like, I don't know. You see that little thing of pills right up at the front there and I, I just I just I just don't I have zero faith. I there. can't think of anything more depressing than buying <laughs> boner pills at the gas station. Like, I can't like that's depressing, dude. Okay. Like I thought it was bad when you were buying the flowers and the wine there. Yeah. But yeah. but but dude, wel- welcome to new stores. Like that that's the way that goes down. But yes, I would agree with you. They say baby wipes can help you last longer in bed. How so? Apparently you apply a, a wipe that's covered in a small amount of uh, is this benzocaine and it, that is an anesthetic, and it can reduce the effects of premature ejaculation. The problem they claim with this is that the wipes have um, the unattended effect of numbing your partner's vagina. Mm. I don't know, dude. Aren't there going to be some women who are like, dude, he froze it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? No, there might be some women who feel like that's an okay sacrifice because, I mean, essentially what they're doing is just numbing everything down there. And, and some some women, I guess, might feel that's an appropriate sacrifice. And I guess I'd have to know, like, is it numbing it to the sense of I can't feel anything or is it numbing it to the sense of like it kind of has a little bit of that tingle? Because if that's the case, maybe it'll just be worth, you know, doing it just to get a little bit of, you know. Yeah, but how do you do the shake the leg to wake <laughs> a thing up in the badge region? And I'm not sure you. Could I, don't, get, I don't know. If that I'm not works. sure you could get that one done. I don't know. Obviously, they say condoms. If you're struggling with premature ejaculation, condoms are your best friend. And they say obviously you should be using them anyway. Yeah. Most major condom manufacturers make extra thick condoms that act like a slip-on desensitizer for your penis. These can help you avoid premature ejaculation. They say uh, they suggest Trojan's Pleasures Extended, which come with a numbing agent to help prolong pleasure for you and then ultimately the both of you. I uh, premature ejaculation not necessarily my problem, but like I, I I guess it makes all the sense in the world of a condom's going to be the thing that stops it. You know what I mean? Like the thing I'm concerned about though at that point is like 
Is I'm it, worried about a desensitizing condom going the wrong way. Exactly. Exactly. Is that is that you're going to do it and you're going to be in your head so much of like, dude, I don't want this to be over before before you know too too soon, and then you're not even going to be able to get it off the ground. Or you're in there, you're in the mission, and then it's like, bro, abort. We're done. <laughs> We're done. You know what I mean? And that would be that would be terrible. I um I I I always had a problem. Now that I'm in a relationship, not necessarily my problem anymore. But like I always had a problem finishing in condoms. You know what I mean? So I think this makes all the sense in the world here. Of like, well, yeah. Now again, I know what one. I know there's a guy out there who's like, dude, this is totally my problem, and I want to fix it. I want to okay. be better at this, but I'm embarrassed to buy the desensitized condoms in the store. <sighs> I think if you think the person is paying that much attention to what you're buying at the store. Nobody cares about their job that much. And two, buy them online. Yeah, and and self checkout's a thing. And like you can, you can, dude. How smart of an idea is that? You can, you can, you can buy condoms, and they're gonna know you have condoms. They're not looking at what type of it's condom a box of condoms, have. right? I mean, they're not like, oh man, I bet he's he's dude. This guy can't last more than three pumps. Nobody's thinking that. Maybe Dolores at Walmart is when you're buying them. I don't know. Maybe she is. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm 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 uh, I'm gonna keep my sentence to myself there on that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna say what's in my mind on that one. They say work on ladies first. If you're worried about premature ejaculation, stimulate her in another way. They say yeah. here, and I do. We've been harping on this a lot. It feels like for the last couple of months, most women, most women. Again, this is a, from another study. Most women will not reach climax during penetration. It just does not. See what happens is, is guys watch porn. Mm-hmm. And a dude's just like hammering away. And that chick is being paid $10,000 a day to stand there and pretend like she loves it. And so like they hear her climaxing, which she is not. And then you think then when you go have sex that that's the way that's going to happen. They and Most women are not built that way. That they are more prone to reach climax via finger stimulation or maybe a little orally there. Is what they're claiming. Just imagine the pressure that's off of you at that point. Once that happens, you're done. Once, well, then, then if it does happen to you, you know, once she reaches the pinnacle, if you reach the pinnacle too quickly, it's like, all right, we've already got you off the checklist. You know what I mean? Like, sorry that didn't go as well as we all wanted it to, but like, I just feel like that has to be the weight of the world off of your shoulders when it's like, all right, you know, she's taken care of, therefore I can at least feel like. I don't know, like, like I'm not going to ruin the whole thing when, when, it, when it inevitably happens too quickly. This is a suggestion we have seen in, in similar uh, you know, articles before. And I, this one freaks me out. They say the squeeze will help you. So if you're in the motion of sex and you're like, oh, no, this is coming too fast. Like, we're going to be, we're, you know, and, and excuse that. I, that's not what I meant there. But, like, if you're going to, you know what I mean? Well, this is about to end. They say that if you should withdraw and you take, like, your thumb and you press down. They're saying hard. Like, you got to press down very hard in between, like, the, the head and then the base of, the, of, of your penis there. And it will stop then the flow. And they say it will go, like, I don't know. I guess it, you'll subside it. Reverse the system there. Now, I have oh. put my thumb over a garden hose <laughs> a million times. Right? And yes, not all the stream is making it through there, but dude, the, the what about the stuff shooting out the sides <laughs> of the hose? Right? You've done that. I don't think it now, granted, I don't know at 40 if I have Same a force, right? if I have a garden hose situation, I may not. 
You know what I mean? It may be more of a slow drip there, but I still don't know if I trust the system. Um, uh, what I would say about that is if you feel like you're orgasming um, and to, to go back into penetration, at that point you have to acknowledge the fact that, yeah, you might think that you've clogged the whole system up there, but if you're worried about her getting pregnant, that's, that's not, not going to that be the work. That is not a smart move right there. Um, but what that concept is, it's kind of called edging is what it is, is you're coming up to the edge of it. Okay, well, they get into that and they have a separate one here. Okay, all right, I was going to say, and I know that's a, a masturbation thing where you can kind of train yourself necessarily not to, uh, you Okay, know. so they talk about okay. that here. It's another one of the lists here and so they actually have it listed separately so what they suggest you do with edging um is you bring yourself all the way to right before climax and then you don't do anything until you are all the way back not worked up meaning you are now back to flaccid state right your mind's not necessarily still thinking about how you kind of need to get this out you gotta you know exercise the demons out you gotta get them out you're, you're no longer thinking about that and then you go back to it and essentially what you're doing is training your body not yet right not yet right not yet and a, a big part of that is I know like kegel exercises are like what women are supposed to do to like regain vagina you know elasticity well, we are too yeah I was gonna say that's a huge part is having muscle control down they say there. workout your Kegel muscles, they're the muscles of your pelvic floor, and they say work them out good. To understand what these muscles feel like when they're fired up, they say try cutting off the flow of urine next time you're using the bathroom. After you cut it off, let it flow, then cut it off again, then let it flow. Once you have the feel of how to expand and contract your PC muscles there, um, tighten and hold for a count of 10, then release. Practice in sets of 10, and they say what's awesome about this exercise, Fantone, is that you will result then in heightened ejaculatory control, but more importantly, that you can practice this exercise anywhere. So I read this last night and read it again this morning. I have obviously, having had a penis this long, <laughs> just so long, just, just lengthy, <laughs> have done enough and have, you know, experimented enough with what its powers can right. and cannot be. Right. To, to the point to where I have obviously practiced the at the urinal, watch, I can stop this. Now I can do it. Now yeah. I can stop this. Yeah. I have a problem mimicking that without the stream of urine. I'm sitting here trying to do this right now while talking to you. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know. A little bit. Stage fright here. But I'm trying it, and it's like, well, is this right? Like, uh, I can feel myself lifting my pelvic floor right now. I was gonna say because it kind of like as we're sitting down, it's kind of like your pelvic floor. If I'm doing this right, pelvic floor lifting. Yeah, and then releasing. And then, 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 then your own personal crown royal bag lifting there <laughs> a little bit, as Stewie calls it, the coin purse there that lifts, which then. Will lift then the other section. Well, it's less. It's less about like external, like you feeling this. Like this is more like in, like inside is where you should that, be feeling. That's what I'm saying. This. Like, okay. I, yeah, I'm kind of like it feels like it, like it's moving the other things out of the way. Yeah, though. like you're you're moving behind your pubic area. Like that's where all those muscles kind of sit down there. And I don't think it's the same muscles that you're using to control. You know, your fecal. You know, you know, your pooping. But I, I feel like at the very least, it's all in the same area right there. So it should kind of feel like you're cutting off poop you know what i mean 
Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm going to cut off conversation. <laughs> More Stansberry Show next on Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000.810 this morning. A Maslin man going to spend some time behind bars, and he probably should. Carl Spencer now has been indicted by the Stark County Grand Jury on aggravated murder charges, Phantom. They found the body of Nicholas Stein buried in the backyard of a Massillon home. Police found the body of Stein uh, this past February behind the home on 8th Street. Officials say Stein's body was inside the barrel containing a concrete mixture. He was identified by DNA from, uh, from his ring finger. He had last been seen on January the 1st of 2017. Spencer, I'm sorry now, of Marlboro Township, was also indicted on the charges of abduction, tampering with evidence, and gross abuse of a corpse. He's being held on $5 million bond. Wow, that's a lot of bond. He's probably not going to get out on that one. I would assume not. There is no next court date as of yet. Dude, stuffed this guy in a barrel and buried it. I understand that there's a lot of murders that go unsolved in the world. There are. I mean, I'd be ignorant to say otherwise. But, like, at the end of the day... How many times do you hear these stories of like people who probably thought they got away with it? You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, well, dude, this guy's now buried. This guy's, you know, he's, he's in concrete. I put him in a barrel. You know what I'm saying? Like, at that point, you probably think to yourself, at least for a minute, like, all right, I'm in the free and clear. Nothing's going to happen to me. I got away with it. I always think about the guys who are like, like when you watch Cold Case, right? And it's been like forty oh, years, yeah. And now, like a hair, like yeah. I mean, like I don't think you're ever get. I think we are going to be approaching a place soon where it is going to be very, very difficult to get away with anything you do, and and that's probably good, especially when we're talking murder and things yeah. like that, right? That's that that that's really good. <laughs> My thing is, is dude, in a town like Marlboro, fine, Marlboro Township, Mass, or whatever, dude, these places aren't big. So how many strings do they got to go? Like, how many loose ends do they got to figure out before they figure out it was you? This isn't New York City. Yes, there's not that many degrees of separation there. There's not that much that separates you from your victim. And and, and you're right. Like, you just pull on one string, and it's inevitably going oh, well, to lead back to you. Oh, he kind of knew that guy, and they right. used to work together. And okay, and then one thing leads to another. Boom, you're caught. I um like I said, there are plenty of murders that go unsolved. It just, it, it, you know, what once upon a time, I'm sure 200 years ago, dude, you could ice somebody and walk away from it and be like, yeah, whatever, I'm I'm gonna be fine. But when you join the mob, we're icing well, people now. Well, nowadays, though, dude, like nowadays, there's absolutely there's no safety. There's no like, all right, I got away with it. Because you're right, 40 years from now, Doesn't matter. it could be an episode of cold case. For sure. Next thing you know, dude, you're getting busted. <sighs> I probably should not say this after referencing a local story. Right. But I want part of why I want this is, this is not good. Part of why I want virtual reality right. to to become such a big thing and to be as real as it can get. I don't know why. But aren't you curious at least a little bit on what it would be like? To do that to somebody? That's why you got to visit Westworld, man. That's why. That's why. That's why Westworld's a thing. Right there. I, I, I. There is something about I, because I believe this. I believe there are people who think to themselves, "Oh, I could totally kill somebody and be fine with it." And then I also think there are people who think to themselves, "I could never do it." And I think you're both wrong, right? I think the human being is capable of doing a lot of things when you're pushed to the edge, right? And that you might not necessarily think about yourself that way. But there is something you cannot know, much like being the president. You cannot know what that's like until you do it. You can get all the way up to the edge of knowing, 
but you can't know for sure. That there is something to it because of the taboo nature of it, because of the awfulness of it, because of what the punishment is of it. So where you know you're not going. So there's par- all of those things that go into that make me go. I wonder what that's like. Not that I'm fantasizing about doing it, not that it's an underlying desire, but it is a curiosity of mine of like, what does it, because I think this is who I think I am as a person, Phantom. I think there are people who could, in his words, ice somebody and, and, and move on with their daily life. I believe, much like cheating on girlfriends back in the day would do this to me, that I believe the guilt eats me alive. It haunts you. It haunts you. And I can never rest again, really. And then before long, I just go, you know what? I did it. I think you're looking at it, though, from the perspective of, like, if this just were available to you tomorrow, then, yeah, you would have that guilt because you are who you are today. If this had always been the way, is that, like, you could just do it without, you know, don't get me wrong, like, there are consequences, but, like, you could get away with it easier back then. I wonder if you would have killed your first person at, at 16. Now, all of a sudden, at 40, you'd be like, yeah, dude, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would just change. You're looking at it from the morals you have. Given the, uh, the opportunity to do this, your morals would change. That's true. You know what I mean? If That's you get, true. If you could get away with it, you get you're, you know you're not going to feel guilty about it. There is something now. Again, I have um, I'm friends with more than enough people who have served, right? And so I know guys who have, and. Now that's a different. I yeah, mean, I was gonna say we're in different different realm. You there, know, it's but. a different thing there, but they'll tell you it don't ever go away. Like that, you do know that it's a, like I had a guy once tell me this was years ago. Now I had a guy. T- it, was, it was about five years ago. I was talking to a guy who had served, who had obviously been in some you know pretty serious action, and um, he had said to me, "It's like it's the first thing I think of when I wake up every morning, and it's the last thing I think of before I go to bed at night." And I thought to myself, "God, what a life." Like that's, the, I would not want to live that way, and I wouldn't wish that on somebody else. No, of course not. And and I mean that's you know I mean not to go back to what we were talking about earlier, but like that's one of the reasons why it is so important to support groups like Save Twenty Two right. is to carry that around with you, where that's the first thing you think of and the last thing you think of. Like, well, no wonder that's a heavy that's a heavy burden to bear. That's a lot to carry. That's a lot for any one human being to carry. Your shot at a thousand dollars next on Rock One Hundred Six Nine. The Stansberry Show. All right, I like it. I like it, I love. Rock 1069. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 1069. Online for you, wrqk.com. Uh, I believe this happened last night. Pretty excited about it. The Las Vegas Golden Knights sweep the first round of the NHL playoffs. They beat the Los Angeles Kings. Swept them. They are an expansion team. First year in the league. And they perform a sweep in a playoff series. Looking at you, Browns. Looking at you. 20 years. Get your act together. Let's go. Jeez. 20 years. Get your act together. Let's go. It's time to. We're all waiting. Okay. Saw this. Think it's crazy. Wonder if this professor will be fired. I don't think so. She actually says, I will not be fired. And I agree with her. I don't think she will be. Because I think in this country, you are allowed to think awfully about a group of people as long as enough people agree with you. And the internet will agree with her. We lost 
a former first lady and Barbara Bush. And on Tuesday afternoon, then, a Fresno State professor expressed her opinions about that via social media. Now, we know what normally happens, right? You normally get shown the door. I have not heard yet whether or not this woman's been let go. Maybe she has. I have looked. I don't see it. She claims she will not be fired. I don't think she will either. Highly unlikely she's been fired by now. If this was like 12 hours ago this happened, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, at the end of the day, teachers, professors. Like, all right, well. Yeah, I mean, remember that guy? There was that teacher that got fired for saying something about the military. It took a couple weeks for it to Called happen. Called him the lowest of the low. Yeah, it, ended it took up, a yeah, couple he, weeks. Yeah, it took a couple happen. of weeks, and then, you know, thing just, you know it, it, it adjusted itself. You're right. Okay. Professor Rhonda Jarrer, according to her bio, is an award-winning novelist, short story writer, essayist, and translator. She is the executive director of RWI, which is the radius of Arab American writers. And her first tweet about Barbara Bush's death says this. Barbara Bush was a generous and smart and amazing racist who, along with her husband, raised a war criminal. F out of here with your nice words. She continues writing. You are either against these pieces of blank and their genocidal ways, or you're part of the problem. That's how simple this is. I'm happy the witch is dead. Can't wait for the rest of her family to fall to their demise the way the one and a half million Iraqis have. Bye! And she actually typed that out. That's a professor. Bye! Dude, that's what an idiot girl in a coffee shop talks like that. Professors don't speak like that. Get your act together. Also, I don't think she's going to be fired for this. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I don't really love when people get fired via social media, but given the other things I've seen people get fired for on social media from colleges and professors and giving out their opinion, this woman needs to be walked out this door right now. You're celebrating the death of a former first lady? Is nothing sacred anymore? Is nothing sacred? Like, we're just allowed to be awful about anything if our identity politics tell us that we are? Like, that's not okay. I'm certainly not standing up for what she said. I mean, I definitely think it was a terrible thing to say and, you know, not 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 appropriate. Um, the concept, though, of, you know... Free speech and the concept of obviously this university has the right to fire or hire somebody for what they see as as appropriate or inappropriate behavior. Um, but this isn't like a high school. You know what I'm saying? This is a college. So I do think there's at least a little bit of like, well, isn't that what we're always saying about college is that like, well, you should be challenged on your ideas and you should have different, you know, opinions presented to you, even if they're opinions that you don't necessarily feel like are, I argue, are the best. I argue wishing death is not an opinion. I most people would argue if this was happening the other way, honestly, crybabies on Twitter would be arguing that what she's doing is hate speech. If this was happening to Barack Obama over his wife dying, this would be considered to be hate speech. I'm just trying to look at it from the perspective of like, well, how should this really be? As opposed to like, well, if we're going to go on the standards of overreactionists, well, then, yeah, of course, this this is going to be a glaring uh, example of hypocrisy. I'm just looking at it from the perspective of like, all right, well, what do I genuinely think should be happening here? 
I, 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 if I'm running the university, I'm firing this lady, no question about it. I can see the argument, though, of uh, this is a, a dissenting opinion or this is an opinion that you might not necessarily feel is appropriate, but it's still her right to say it. I don't feel like wishing death is an opinion. I don't. I feel like wishing death is awful. And I feel like that, that that's enough for a university to be like, you know what, dude, that's not what educators do. That's what, honestly, that's what, co- that's what high school dropouts do, you idiots. College-educated people don't do this. Morons do this. Morons wish death. That's who does this, right? And if I was the university, I would have thrown her ass out of the, uh, dude, the minute I saw that tweet. I wouldn't have waited for anything. The minute. Get your punk ass Put everything in that box and get out. People then called her out on Twitter saying she's going to be fired. She says then, response, again, along the line of, bye! She says, sweetie, I work as a tenured professor. I make 100000 a year doing that. I will never be fired. I will always have people wanting to hear what I have to say, even if you're not one of them. Now you're, bla- now you're basically daring your university to fire you. Daring them. I don't know if I do that. She then goes on, let me help you. Tag my university president. She then tags him in the post. What I love about being an American professor is my right to free speech. And again, a college professor doesn't understand that what's happened here, if she loses her job here, this is not an infringement on her free speech. You are an employee of this place and they have the right to terminate you over what you have said. Free speech, this idiot, since she's a college professor, should know. It protects you from prosecution. That is the end. Enough of this. Well, it doesn't. It and, and that's not even true, dude. I mean, there are limits to free speech. For you can't sure. say it's not that you don't. You get protected from prosecution because you can totally be prosecuted for things that you said. For sure. So there are limits to free speech. That's that's undeniable. And I think that's the whole thing that a lot of people misconstrue about. Like, well, this is what it says. I can say whatever the hell I want to. There's going to be consequences to your actions. For sure, there is. And I just, dude, what, what I find hysterical hysterical and this is what we all know to be true this is coming from somebody who leans left so you know i'm telling you the truth that if this would have happened in reverse it would be all i had to find this story by the way i had to find it this would have been all over your news hallie jackson would be on msnbc talking to you about how conservatives secretly are what a basket of deplorables they're awful and we would be demonizing an entire group of people over what one professor did But because it's the other way, we don't do that. And the news isn't on this. You know where I had to get this? The Daily Wire and Fox News are the only two outlets I've seen running this story this morning. You know why? Because this this story ultimately paints liberal ideology in a bad light. And so we're not exposing that. Don't you think that, though, if this were a opposite story, wouldn't Fox News and the Daily Wire ignore it? I mean, like, if you're going to call hypocrisy out on... No, right? no, 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 because, again, because I follow both those things pretty closely, what they would do, I will meet you halfway, what they would do is talk about it, expose it, but then try to tell you why it was okay. Hi- the Daily Wire would do that. Hi- higher journalistic standards on both of those, you feel like? I feel as if, I don't know if I can say higher standard, but there is definitely a desire to show people that what they are being force-fed via standard media outlets is not necessarily always the biggest thing going on, and it's definitely not always the truth. That this story had to be sought out. Somebody demonizing and to be celebrating the death of a first lady had to be searched for, had to look for it, had to comb through thousands of articles to get there. 
If this would have been done the other way, I wouldn't have had to do a damn thing. There would have been a Twitter moment. It would have been an alert on my phone, and we all know that to be true. Even you left-leaning people, you know I'm right about this because I'm one of them, and I'm, dude, I know I'm right. This is what we do. This will expose negative light on the way we think and the way we operate. And so, shh, don't tell anybody this happened. That's exactly what's happening here. This woman is a disgrace, and she needs to be thrown out on her ass, and I wouldn't wait till the end of the day to do it. Get her out of there right now. Your shot at $1,000 is right now. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword BANK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BANK to 200-200. Rock 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We have Lewis Black tickets. We'll pass those out here momentarily. That show, October. I'm happy he's coming. I've been asking for like this whole last year, right? Given the political climate, where the hell is Lewis Black? the best political comedic mind we've had in maybe ever. Ah, it's like he carried away. Carlin was pretty good at that too. But Lewis on his game when it comes to this stuff and given everything that's happened politically, no matter where you align on it, there's plenty to talk about. Is there stuff happening politically I haven't, I haven't noticed? I really didn't know anything about that. Uh, dude, maybe open the internet once or twice. <laughs> okay. You'll run, right. you'll run across some things. Okay. You'll see the things. Dude, um... I read an article, we'll get into this around 9 o'clock this morning, things that your body will go through when you give up booze. Ooh. We'll find out what happens to you when you give up booze. We'll do that around 9 a.m. This I thought was interesting, reading now from decantonrep.com, where Canton City Council has agreed to continue paying for ShotSpotter. ShotSpotter, for those of you that do not know, is a gunfire detection system. Essentially, I don't really know how it ultimately works but there is a an alert system that when a gun is uh, is discharged they can track that down to i believe it, it's within like a quarter of a mile yeah, it's pretty kind of, close it, i mean it's it, you know what i mean they get in there pretty good and i guess it cost us around one hundred thirty five thousand dollars last year it's going to go up like everything does every year but no members of the city council voted against it it is now going to cost us about one hundred forty one thousand, just over 140 oh, just over 141 this year and uh, there was one member who was absent from the vote, but nobody voted against it. Apparently, the only discussion occurred during a committee meeting last week where the members noted that the increased costs and asked uh, Safety Director Andrea Perry if the system has been of value, which she said it has. Uh, the contract has been a little bit more uh, contentious in past years. Last year, then at large, uh, Councilman Tom Harmon voted against the funding because the city's limited budget. They say ShotSpotter initially was not included in the city's budget in 2016 when a three-year and $360,000 contract ended until other council members advocated for its inclusion. I Now, I don't know how many people they've caught with it, but what I would say is this, that if you caught two people who were murder, murdered somebody by gunfire and you caught them, how is that not worth $141,000 from the city? I think it is. Yes, I mean... <coughs> I know I'm asking people to put a price tag on a human life and you can't do it, but $141,000 for this project seems like a good idea. I mean, a big part of the problem is is with gunshots, especially in certain neighborhoods and certain areas, is that they've become background noise and you don't necessarily have neighbors calling them in because it's like, well, nothing's going to happen if we do anyway. And at that point, it's like, well, of course nothing's going to happen because nobody's calling it in. So once shot spotter picks up a shot fired within the city limits, now I believe how they have it set up is 
I think there's like four or five like essentially towers that that go along with this and 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 they put them in different areas of the city the more high crime the area is the more likely it's going to have something in there like a cell tower. so they're not right well and not that big but yeah right. it's the same concept like a light pole I think is more an appropriate like you know and it's sound vibration right that's how right. it works so when that gunfire goes off the bang you know it ripples it ripples and that will allow shot spotter if there's a shot spotter within range there to you know to alert the police essentially pinpoint where that shot came from now of course somebody can leave the area and by the time cops get there but introducing facts into the equation is really what we're trying to do here so then police know exactly where to respond whether that's saving the person the life of the person who has been shot or then working from there of like all right how do we solve this murder you know i like this thing And, and i'll tell you one of the reasons why we need it is a lot of times what happens if you're a police officer um, and and I'm getting this from guys who I know are on forces who tell me this. Um, what will happen is you will be in a high crime area and a gun will be fired. You'll go into that area, that street, and try to figure it out, try to do some detective work, figure out what we're going to do here, who did what, and nobody will speak to you. There's a little fear of the police. There's and there's and sometimes in a lot of high crime areas, there's an anti-police mentality that is rippled through there. I don't know no, whether no, it's no, right, wrong, or indifferent. Right, it's whatever. true. It's true. But, okay. but, but that yes. exists. Okay. So if we are going to then be dealing with a resistant constituency to tell you what may have happened, then we need technology to show us where something went down. Yeah, I know. I know it's a lot of money, and at the end of the day, it is. I, I mean, don't think I don't, it is. Oh, well, I, I mean, you know, $150,000 in the scope of a city budget? No. Is that that much money? No. But at the end of the day, it's still $150,000. a little money, I and, suppose. Well, just like you can nickel and dime your way out of your monthly budget, you can nickel and dime your way out of your city budget. You know what I'm saying? And if you keep throwing $150,000 at every problem we have, is it going to end up being something? But well, it, but in, in 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 my opinion here, where it's like, what do we want for this city? We want this city to turn around. We want it to be a safer place. We want it to be somewhere where people want to come live, where people want to open up businesses, where people want to feel like this is a place that they can thrive. And the reduction of violent crime is a part of that. And if this is what it takes, this is what I have to buy into. Well, yeah, it's twofold. I mean, yes, obviously, the less crime you have, the better. But also, if you sir, if you, if you, if you if you solve the murders, it makes people a little bit like, well, yeah, crime's going to happen, but look, they're on stuff here. Right. Like, they're on things here. Well, and let's be real, too. I mean, if you're the type of person who's going to be involved in a murder, in a gun in a gun violence murder, primarily you're the kind of person who has been involved in other violent crimes. So it's like, what what's the cost of inaction here? Okay, so we saved $150,000. Two murderers get away with it. They continue robbing places. They continue murdering people. They continue dealing drugs. And now all of a sudden, and it's like, what's the economic impact of not acting on this? Now, all of a sudden, nobody will furthering the, the, the case of nobody wants to live here. Nobody wants to be here. Canton's a terrible place to be. So, like, that's what you kind of have to weigh in here, too. It's not just as simple as saying, is this worth $150,000 or not? It's what is what, what does this cost us if we do nothing? My problem, yes, that is ultimately with, with anything you're thinking about. That is totally true. One of the things that I dislike about stuff like this is what, what happens is, is people will say this. Goddamn crime. We got to do something. The city, they don't even care. They don't do anything. The money, I pay all this taxes. And then you do do things with the money, and then people can bitch about what you're doing with the money. Yo, big shocker. Yeah, you know I <laughs> big mean, shocker. Just, just you can't win. Another thing that is uh, that is set out to help make this a better, more, uh, more pleasurable place to live is actually something Fantone's uh, really involved with, which is Project Rebuild. And they're now seeking to help eliminate 
a lot of the graffiti you see around Canton, Ohio. And again, there is a little bit of... You want to live someplace that looks nice. And if oh, it's yeah. and you made the point the other day when we were talking about this, and you actually got a little bit of a mention here in the write-up in CantonRep.com, um, where it's, if you see that graffiti, you just feel like, dude, people don't care about where I live. Yeah, it's, it's um, I, I first read about this in uh, The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, which is definitely one of my favorite books ever. But what it is, it talks about how in the New York um, subway system, graffiti and fair jumping, like jumping over the, the turnstile to get in, those were the things that they eliminated. They focused on those two problems and violent crime went down considerably. Because what happens is when you see, you know, when somebody who's thinking about committing a crime sees litter, sees broken windows, sees graffiti, they know, well, nobody's going to stop me. If they're not going to stop people from from spray painting the sides of buildings, what are they going to do to stop me? I'm about to mug somebody. So they feel emboldened by that. And then all of a sudden that area becomes like, you know, a a, a, a magnet for those criminal types. And like if you want to cut that, if you want to stop that, little things like that, like graffiti, are going to be the things that send the message of, no, somebody does care here. Something is happening here. Yeah, trash on the ground and graffiti both are, are things where it's like, ugh, that's and not good. I, dude, and I... I like the way graffiti looks, but you can't just let people just. And when you're a really good artist, just spray painting penises on buildings like that's. I'm crazy. not anti the stylings of graffiti. I know. And yeah. I, I, I really hope that that's not what this came across as because yesterday, obviously in the Canton Repository Facebook comments, like there were plenty of people who were like, "Well, just give these kids an outlet." And it's like, dude, there's a million outlets, dude. Canton is it is an artist safe haven, dude, where you can go and you can go to Arts and Sark and you can get a grant and they'll give you what you need to do to become an artist, but you just can't go around spray painting the sides of buildings. That's a fundamentally different thing that we're talking about than expressing yourselves as arts. And on that note, I am going to reach out to somebody downtown. Obviously, Buzzman Mike is the person that jumps out at me. But like, all right, if people want to complain this much to me about, well, you know, it's an artistic expression, we'll get a wall, we'll get something, we'll get a designated tagging spot. And if you want to go tag there and express who you are, then God bless you and go do it. Oh, dude, we should sponsor that. Then God bless you and go do it. And we'll make that happen. But when it comes down to it, if you're just spray painting vacant buildings, man, Project Rebuild, not going to stand for that Well, not only that, dude, the people who were telling you that are honestly, dude, people like that are anti-establishment, anti-cop, and they think they got it all figured out. But here's what I know. Penises and gang signs aren't artistic expression. It's morons who don't have anything better to do all day. There's a very big difference between a graffiti mural art and F cups on the side of a, like a, a bridge. There's a very big difference in those two things. And if you don't know that there is a difference in those two things, then I'll never be able to help you. That there, and I agree with you that the city should look to like embrace this because you might find the next great kid, the next great artist kid who is going to be in this. You may find that guy. So, woman, so, knows? so, so this, uh, this is all happening. The actual cover up is happening Friday after the show. I'll be going out with the students and, 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 you know, getting out there with paintbrushes and cleaning supplies and stuff. Um, if you are in an area or you know of an area with graffiti, you can send an email to cover up at projectrebuild.org. Um, include the information of where it is, contact information for you, a picture if you can include it. That would greatly be appreciated. Like I said, um, cover up at projectrebuild.org. Send an email to them. And I brought it up when I, inter- when I got interviewed from the repository about this yesterday where like at the end of the day this is a young person's problem because young people are the ones who are going out and 
doing and, it. And, and, and they are the violators. I mean, dude, if you're 40 years old and you're still going out and tagging stuff, you really need to, you really need to ch- like check Loser. your life. I mean, you really do. I always say this about bathrooms. Sorry to cut you off, but I say this about bathrooms. If, if I'm in a bar and it's 21 or over to get in the bar and there's writing on the bathroom wall. Come on. All you're doing is showing me you should have been aborted. So it's primarily young people that are doing this. So it is going to be young people who are going to go fix this. And I think that's a lot more of a statement than just calling the city and saying, like, hey, can you send a crew out? Can you send a crew out here? Like, no, we're going to have young people, young at risk, uh, you know, adults in the in the Canton area taking care of the problem. So, like I said, um, cover up at projectrebuild.org. We would appreciate your submission. Well, we'll do well done there, buddy. If I wasn't working Dave Matthews on Friday, I would be out there doing it with you. I actually want to call off Dave Matthews and help you. Dude, I'm dreading that show. Sansbury coming and covering up graffiti more than going to Dave Matthews. It's not even Dave Matthews. Dave's fine. But, dude, it's a political rally, yeah. and people are going to be all uppity, Oh, they're going to be terrible. And they're going to be mean. They're going to be terrible. And they're going to just, dude, it's going to be awful. And they're, they're going to be the kind of people who feel like you can mistreat service people. Like, <laughs> dude, it's going to be like Dave Matthews. Waiters and waitresses. It's going to be, dude, it's going to be abysmal bad. Now, if you're going, it'll be great, because you'll be one of those people who's uppity and is going to mistreat me as I'm pouring you a glass of wine. Ugh, dude, I'm dreading Friday. I have, dude, I told them I didn't want to do it, and then I went to work, and they, dude, he was basically begging me to do it. I was like, fine, I'll do it. I have no interest in doing that. I like Dave Matthews just fine. I'm just, I know, dude, I've done these kinds of things before, and I know how this is going to go. And I worry, dude, my attitude has not been great recently. And I worry about what might happen. I guess we'll tune in Monday. Find out if I have, <laughs> if I still have two jobs or not, I guess. More Stansberry Show and those Lewis Black tickets up for grabs. That's next. Rock 106. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Show, we're on Online for you, WRQK.com. Before the break, we were talking about how Canton has renewed their contract with ShotSpotter, which is a uh, digital detection system for gunshots. Mm-hmm. And it costs the city, uh, well, it's going to cost the city this year just over $141,000. Last year was about one hundred thirty-five, but welcome to inflation. That's how stuff works. And um, we were kind of talking, you and I both feel like we could use this, the city uh-huh. could use it. And a guy who listens to us, Reach, I'm not going to tell you his name, um, but he reached out to me via Facebook and said, dude, ShotSpotter works perfectly. I was like, all right, well, you, you got to give me a little bit more than that. And what happened? It's like, my brother decided to be a dumbass and fired a gun, and it tracked him all the way back to the house. Wow. So then you looked it up. Yeah. And Fantone told me, and I don't know where you saw this, but you told me that it was, what, within 100 feet? Within 100 square feet, they're going to be able to tell. Now, that's if the shot is fired within the shot spotter zone. Where you know what is. I'm right. saying? Sure, so, yes. like, it's only so much space that they can cover with one. So, to me, it's like, well, dude, why aren't we getting more of these shot spotters? We, we should have these son of a bitches everywhere, dude. These things should be covering the streets. Like, Why don't we do a two-for-one and find a way to make a shot spotter and solar panel? Oh, little. Sansbury right there. Little two for one. Sansbury going green. Little two for one. I like it a lot. I like it. I do too. A hundred feet, dude. Like, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, as a golfer, a hundred yards is a very standard set of distance. Like, you are, you find yourself in a hundred yards. As a matter of fact, they said, dude, you need a hundred yard club. It's your sandwich, right? Okay. That it's So my point is, is that I routinely 
look at things at 100 yards. And you're like, okay, it's second. All right. That's right there. Okay. It's right there. You can see it. So to make it 100 feet. Yeah. To be that accurate, wow. And, and this just goes back to, and I mean, uh, there's bigger issues at hand here, but really what this boils down to is is the complaints we all have about Canton. It's violent here. Nobody wants to come here because they're afraid they're going to get shot. Dude, the neighborhoods are crap, blah, 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 blah. This is one of those things that takes care of that problem. This is one of those things that helps us solve that problem. And there's still that pushback of, I'm not spending money on that. I'm, I'm not spending an extra $7,000 a year to make sure that people aren't getting shot in the streets. What? What's... Okay. <laughs> like, okay. I right. get that because I can I can be guilty of being that guy. Well, no, I understand the concept of like you don't want your tax money abused because God, what a frustrating situation that is! Is when you're spending money and it's getting abused and getting wasted and getting you know used in the wrong fashion. But if the money is going towards stopping violent criminals and responding or helping first responders respond better to to crime, I, what? <laughs> I can be guilty of being the you're gonna waste my money or I don't want to pay for that my tax dollars gotta i can be guilty of being that guy but here's the problem with being that guy so you're mad about the thing you know about did you take the rest of your day to figure out where the rest of your tax money goes and where and what and how because dude that's the thing is that you would be real mad then like if you really dude if you're mad about we spent one hundred forty one thousand dollars on this if you really look through the city's budget and what they spend money on you'd be real pissed then we all know that people are leaving Stark County and Canton in particular at alarming rates, dude, at alarming rates. And I may be one of them. If here, you so. want to, if you want to. What up, Maslin? If you want to combat that, if you want to, you know, to stop that, that, that exodus of people, you have to do something. You do. You do. And you, you just can't stick your head in the sand. And, and well, four I, years we, ago, we put this show on did. the air to do it. And here we are. Before we uh, pass out these Lewis Black tickets, I want one more time to thank Tozies and Magnolia. Yeah. Had me out last night to uh, guest bartend, and we did it to benefit Save 22, which is a local organization that raises awareness about the fact that 22 veterans a day take their lives. And so I, I went out there last night, uh, I did a little guest bartending spot, which, by the way, I don't think I ever served anybody anything. I just think I just... I'll do that guest bartender. I just uh, I just walked around, shook hands. Yeah. Shook some babies, did the whole thing. Jeez. And uh, no, wait, oh, wait I, no. I, no, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I had that wrong. And uh, it, But it was a great event. We had a great turnout. And again, Save 22 will be doing a hike. That will be May 5th. You can get information on that at save22.vet. Uh, I will be out there for that, that hike as well. And then May 4th, the day before... Albert Wooden, his buddy, I believe Nick, will be in the studio with us in the 9 o'clock hour kind of telling you everything Safe 22 does. Uh, and obviously a great cause. Um, I said it yesterday, you, a cause you can feel good about supporting as that money goes directly to their cause. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you don't have to worry about like, well, I'm making a donation. Where's this cash going? No, it's going to help veterans. Um, and I said it earlier this morning. I want to say it again, dude. I'm proud of you, man. That was a really cool thing that you did yesterday. I'm very glad that you found a charity that you feel like you can get behind. And I don't want to get all emotional and get you all choked up here. But like, dude, well, give me my goddamn reach around, dude. Your dad would be proud of you. He oh, really would, man. He really would, man. Hit me in the feet. I know, dude. I know. I was. I had that one saved all morning. I'm like, I gotta find the right time to drop it. But Dean would be proud of you, dude. I know that for a fact. Now, when I try to masturbate later, <laughs> why are you thinking about us? Why are we thinking about me and your dad? Get out of here. <laughs> all right, you're not gonna be happy with it. I'm not happy about it. Neither will you. The amount of times <laughs> that I pull the, the CPU out of the closet and think to myself, Fantone would not approve of this activity right now. He would not approve.
Yeah, I, I don't approve of anything. Lewis <laughs> no. Black tickets. He's playing October 4th, I believe it is, Akron Civic Theater. We'll get you hooked up. You're beating the box office right now with the Stansbury Show. We'll take caller 10, 1-800-243-7625 on those. And we'll find out what happens to your body when you give up booze. That's next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansbury Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 1069. About to hook you up with another $1,000 here momentarily. Uh, the other day I read an article that was the questions you need to ask yourself if you think you might have a drinking problem. Okay. And um, and I went down the checklist. I was like, yeah, I don't know about those. I don't know about those. I don't know about those. But yes, I would agree that if your family members come to you and go, dude, this might be an issue that you should probably take a look at. I don't know if that's necessarily, you know... Proof that you have a drinking problem, but if people close to you express concern, yeah. it's at least enough for you to like gut check and maybe take evaluation of where you're at. I mean, it's obviously negatively impacting their life at that point, and right. if that's the case, it's negatively impacting your life, and you're just not recognizing it. So no, I, I, I buy that. So I went down the booze rabbit hole via the internet, and uh, and I started you know gathering some information. Full disclosure, I still enjoy cocktails. I like them. Okay, now I don't drink the way I used to. Um. Part of it is is that I have the schedule of a golden girl. I uh, I just get up too early, uh, you know, to be drinking during the week. That is true, but at the same time, if you wanted to, we could have a great drinking job. We could go to bars at Happy noon. Hour. I mean, we could go to bars at noon, day drink, day drink, be home by six, and still have plenty of time to sleep. You know what I mean? Like, if we wanted to exploit it that way, you very easily could this job. Yeah, I, that is true, and I have I've used it as a, as a reason to show other people that I, I was like, dude, I don't because there are people who think I'm an alcoholic. And I always say, I'm like, well, dude, I would be getting out of work at noon every day and going to the bar and getting hammered. Right. Like, I don't even drink on the golf course in the middle of the day. I think a part of that is just like, the oh, well, you're on a rock radio show. That must just mean it's just like, you know, just hanging from the rafters. Right. It's no, like, not at all. Not at all. I'm at home knitting. <laughs> I, uh, so, but I went down the rabbit hole and I was like, all right, well, I wonder what happens to you when you give up the booze. Right. Because I, now I did not give up. I actually, I, dude, I had a beer last night with dinner. I, but I drink a lot less than I used to. Okay. Now, part of that is is because I have been back in the gym and I have been exercising, eating right. My diet's under control. That I'm that 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 a lot of the times, beer and liquor and that kind of things works against you in in that regard. So actually, that's one of the things they say here about giving up the alcohol that you will eat less at dinner. They say, according to a study published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, alcohol is one of the biggest drivers of overeating. And it was definitely true of me. Get drunk, need to eat. As a matter of fact, one time in my life about 10 years ago, I was like, I need to give up some of this weight. And all I did was not drink or not eat after I drank. Like we go out at three o'clock in the morning, go to Steve's hot dogs and all my buddies would eat, you know what I mean? Because they were hammered and I wouldn't. I was like, nah, dude, I'm not doing it. And I lost weight that way. And But they say it's because alcohol will heighten your senses. Of course, you always think you're hungrier than you are, right? Or you always think you want something that maybe you don't necessarily want, but everything just feels like, yeah, let's do that when you put a little bit of booze in you. I, I think for me personally, this would be different because I can't eat and drink at the same time. Like, Yeah, it, but you can eat when you're done drinking just Oh, fine. okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, I have a wine with dinner, I have a cocktail with dinner, I have this or that. Uh, to me, as soon as I start boozing food, I'm 
I'm like, eh, I don't want anything to do with that. I can have, like, I had a beer with my steak last night at dinner, at, you know, at Tozy's, which, by the way, dude, Magnolia, do the steak. Amazing. You Pretty should good. try that. Yeah, okay. it was real good. So I had a beer with that, but I am more like you in the sense that I would probably prefer to have a non-alcoholic drink while I'm eating my food. I'd rather have that either before or after, or most times both. They say you may crave some sugar when you give up the alcohol. And again, I'm going to harp on this one now. I'm going to harp on this. And it's because you are doing what is called in, in, in the addiction process, transference. You are transferring your addiction from one thing to another. And why addicts like sugar, wait for it, is very simple. Sugar is a drug. We have got to stop looking at sugar the way we do. Like, I see this all the time. I got to keep my kids. I can't. And my kids, oh, my God. If we legalize marijuana, they're going to do this. Shut up and eat this candy bar. Stop yelling at me. You're so worried about your kid rolling a joint, but you're shoving candy bars in their face, which is more harmful for them. Sugar is the first drug you're ever on in your life. It is one of the most destructive things that is happening in this country today. We always talk about, you know, opiate addiction and all this stuff. Dude, more medical bills are spent over the overconsumption of sugar than anything else. It, it, dude, it, sugar is unrivaled as the most consumed drug on the face of the planet. None of the other ones even come close. And this is how evil sugar is. In 1954, sugar paid off scientists to tell you saturated fat is what brought that waistline on. Sugar paid scientists to lie. Sugar is bad. And that's why you crave it when you give up something else. Because your body's going, where are the drugs, dude? And a big part of alcohol is sugar. sugar. So yes. like, with that being said, once you cut, yes. that, once you cut that out, your body's going to crave it in sweet stuff because like, you're not getting that, that you're same. You're not getting the same right. amount of sugar in there. It's absolutely right. They say another thing that happens when you give up booze is you're going to sleep more soundly. Another study in the Journal of uh, Alcoholism, Clinical and Experimental Research, found that drinking before bed increases the alpha wave patterns in the brain, a kind of cerebral activity that usually occurs when you're awake but resting. They say the result then ends in disrupted sleep. I wouldn't have thought about that one. Well, I, I, I think there's definitely going to be people who are like, man, nothing better than you know getting super drunk and just passing out. That's not the same as sleeping. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I think when it gets down to it, like, yes, that first, if you if you have an alcohol problem and you give up alcohol, that first night of of of, of sobriety, you probably are going to be restless. You probably aren't going to be able to sleep as well. But if you take a step back and look at the big picture, I think that you definitely find that you know going to bed sober. It, it's going to help you. Absolutely. Another thing that happens when you give up the booze is you're going to lose weight. They say one margarita can contain 300 calories, if not more. And again, and again, mostly from sugar. They say moderate amount of alcohol, according to one study, cut those from your diet and don't replace them with desserts and you'll lose weight. They say about 10 pounds can happen from that. And I've seen it in buddies that I know. My buddy Rodney got sober and didn't do a damn other thing. Just got sober and weight just fell off Rodney. So another one of these things here, obviously you'll save some money because you won't be out at the bar drinking. Drinking is one of the most expensive recreational things I've ever been a part of. Like people say to me all the time, like, dude, you golf? Like, how much money is that? It's like, dude, I used to spend about $500 a week in the bar. Like, golf's a lot less money than that. And another one here. Now, I bet more women will care about this than men, even though men should care about it. But your skin will clear up when you stop drinking the booze. They say alcohol is a diuretic causing you to urinate more. So what happens then? 
you then deplete your body of nutrients that it may need to clear the skin up there. That one has me raising my eyebrow a little bit as I drink a gallon and a half of water a day as part of my diet plan. And dude, I urinate a ton. So I'm wondering if I'm doing the, the same thing there, if maybe I shouldn't be dialing some of that back. I'll have to look more into that, read more of that. But there are some benefits to giving up the booze. The thing they won't tell you in this article is you're going to be bored out of your goddamn mind. You're shot at $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also online at WRQK.com. And Teresa will be getting you hooked up with $1,000 at 1010 this morning. She'll have multiple opportunities for you all afternoon. Make sure you're checking her out. Yeah, you should be. I um, I have noticed that this building that we are broadcasting out of today. Yeah. Now, this has been the building that, that Rock 106.9 has been in in my entire run of working at Rock 106.9. But recently, they have started to make some serious improvements to the building. It's a good sign for us, right? I mean, yeah, I think if they don't care about the building, it's like, well, are we I don't care about you two. We might be boarding this thing up here any minute, right, right? right? So, like, when you see improvement, yes, and that's ultimately, I am very happy. But of course, I have something to complain about. Okay, here it is. Here, here it is. What? I mean, what? They've done a ton of stuff here recently. So yesterday, I saw our, um, I don't know, our buildings like. You know, supplies person or whatever. Okay. Walking somebody around from like the company that you that like leaves the mats in the hallways and like that kind of thing. I don't know okay. who we use, but you know, whatever. He was like walking that person okay. around, and they were dealing with stuff that was going on in the bathrooms. Okay. And I heard him say, "Well, I need a gray one in here, and that bathroom down the hall. We need a red one, and we need a red one here, and like red and gray for some reason. I don't know why our company picked it, but that seemed to be like the color logos of the co- entire company: black, yeah. white, red, and like a little bit of gray. Right? It's just kind of like the company logo. They're good colors. Um, those are the tit- those are the colors of Titleist golf clubs. Well, there you go, right there. No Maybe wonder, that's why we no picked. No wonder it. they picked them. Maybe that's why we picked. No wonder it. they picked them. And this whole thing then ended up being about these air freshener like boxes that are hanging off in the walls now in the bathrooms here, which I am all for reducing the scent of other people's, you know, yeah, defecation. Yeah. I'm all for it. I mean, just like anywhere else on the face of the planet, our bathrooms can be pretty stinky places. For sure. I mean, like, yes. <laughs> it's making it bad here. But these things are like new. And I don't know if they're powered by car battery or what, but like, dude, this entire building smells like an orange peel, like, which I know you're going, well, what's the big deal? Better than poop. Well, yes, but it is so strong. Like I can smell it in this room Yeah, and the nearest bathroom is like a good stretch of steps away. I don't know if it's, if it's maybe they turned them up too quickly, but there's that one bathroom that's just kind of its own small room. Most of the bathrooms are like, you know, you got six stalls in there or whatever and there's whatever enough room. Is, yeah. There's this one that's kind of, it's a sol- its own solo bathroom. It's the unisex bathroom. Oh my God, is it bad in there, dude? Now, like, I won't even use that bathroom. I mean, like, it's overpowering as you, like, walk into it. Like, like so, oh, you're talking about the air freshness. Oh, yeah, like the like the freshness of it. It's punchy in the face fresh. I mean, I was walking down the hallway, and I said to somebody, I was like, what are you, we-? I said to one of the salespeople, what are you wearing? She said to me, she goes, clothes, you idiot. And I was like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I was like, is that smell you? Is that you? And she was like, 
you think I wear orange peels? Is like <laughs> that's what you think I'm spraying on my body? I was like, I don't know. It smells like a French whore back here. What is happening? I um, I I'll agree with you 100 percent that like it's a little overpowering. It's pungent. It's uh, it's it, it's kind of one of those things, and I kind of had a headache. I feel like all day, like yes. kind of a light one, and I don't know if it's that or if it's I, I don't I don't know what it is. Um, I will think I will say I think it's funny that. I think it's funny that they decided, like, yo, we gotta color coordinate these. Like, we just can't get, we just can't get like toilet paper holders and like soap dispensers. We have to get like the black and gray. Like, I, I, this I, is the point. I where, guess. Where <laughs> and and you all deal with this where you work too. All right, this is not indicative. This is not a Stansbury show problem. Okay, this is an a, an American workforce problem. But my building, much like where you go to work, is head scratchy in the sense of. This, this, big enough to take care of today, yet that fire at the end of the hallway, we're just going to let it burn. Is that a control burn? Yeah. We're just, we're just letting that burn? Just just rearranging the furniture on the Titanic, dude. Just like, I don't know about this chair being over here. It's like, dude, we are going down as we speak. Boat cracked in half. <laughs> Rose hogging the door. Won't even let you on it. And there we are going... Put the fork next to the knife. That's exactly who we are. It's just strange. I hate to complain about it because it's like, dude, they're making improvements. Yeah, they're doing some good here. They're making, they're making positive steps here. I don't know who for, but they're doing it. And like, I, dude, but it stinks in here today. Like, stinks. Like, because here's the thing, Phantom. Have you ever been walking down the hallway and go, poop? No, you've never once done that. <laughs> never once. That's never happened, not once. That has never happened, and yet I smell orange peels everywhere I go, and I can't get away from the scent, and honestly, it has. It's left me with one of those like perfume headaches that you get. Oh, God. All right. Talk about things you guys care about? Sure. Next on Rock 106.9. <laughs> the Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9, online for WRQK.com. Teresa has another opportunity at $1,000 for you this morning. As a matter of fact, she's got more than one, but she, really? your first one with her will be at 1010 this morning. It's nice of Teresa. Yeah, it's nice of her. Yeah. I, uh, I just got a text message from um, the organization that prepared my taxes. Okay. Uh, tax day being yesterday, but I guess... The IRS had some problems yesterday, right? With the websites and stuff? Yeah, website crash. I think it was extended till today at midnight. And um, so I saw that, and I got mine done, I don't know, two weeks ago, about a week ago, maybe, something like that. But uh, but they have texted me and said, look, your uh, your check is being processed. I chose to have a check delivered to the house. I don't know why I could have done direct deposit. I have no idea. You know what it was? I'll tell you why. No. Okay, Grandpa, what? I, didn't, I forgot to write down the routing number of my bank before uh... I went. So you were like, oh, I don't know what it is. Just, just, just send it to me. <laughs> I thought for sure that it would be, I'd be able to find it on the app on Mm-mm. my phone from, and and it's not on that. You got to call them or something. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, eh, I'm not doing that. Just send it to my house. <laughs> <laughs> just send it to my house. So I'm having the check sent to my house. Um, and it did it. That was the exciting times when I found that out. Um, do you uh, do you always get hosed on city taxes? I always get hosed on city taxes because where we work doesn't take the money out. You have to pay it at the end of the year. I forgot. Yeah, I got to pay that. But I was like, going to say, dude, it's don't like nine bucks. No, it's not. Shouldn't be. Mine's like nine bucks for a whole for the whole year. Like, I, no, it's not. Not. No, I'm sorry. I, I'll tell you exactly what it was. I'm pretty sure I do. It's in the trunk of my car. I can tell you right now. I'm pretty sure it's twenty three dollars. 
that's that's all you owe the city over the entire year. Something sounds messed up to that. There's something about working in Cleveland and Canton both and paying city taxes into one. There's something. I he explains it to me every year. Okay. Okay. He explains it to me every year, and I never get it. I mean, I just I, Leonard. It's it, it just, it just to me. I just get hosed every year. It's like, always, what is hosing me? What, what are you I paying? mean, like I don't I don't pay city taxes throughout the year, so it'll be a couple of hundred bucks minimum, like seven hundred, eight hundred bucks. So like my federal rebate always just kind of washes out my my city taxes. Like I owe the city of Canton money because wow. where we work does not pay. You don't get your city taxes taken out. I get my federal and my state taken out, but I do not get my city of Canton taxes taken out. So I can either set up like a voucher program where I spend like let's say 200 months a quarter and it's 800 bucks at the end of the year and I could do that, but I always just wait until the end pay it with the federal and just say, okay, that's all a wash. I'm glad you reminded me because I have the envelope. I just got to put the check in it and mail it. But yeah, no, I think, dude, if I remember correctly, it's under 40 bucks is what my city taxes were. If if that's the case for you and there's something with another job that makes it happen like that, good for you. But like, I'm telling you, mine's like 800 plus. So $800. I mean, think about how much, how much it costs to live in a city. Like you're going to have to pay your taxes. there. So like if, 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 if if I'm not not paying them throughout the year, is that, did you, is it something about how you filled out your W-2? No, it's at this place. iHeartMedia Akron Canton does not take city taxes out for us. Does not do it. I mm. talked to the HR woman. I'm like, yo, what did I, is there something wrong here? Is there something I have to do? And she's like, no, we just don't do that. Like, that's just not how it, it's done here. And I'm like, See, what are you talking about? This is exactly when people were saying to me, you idiot, just do, do, just do your taxes. Do it. And this is, like, this is why I said, no, it cost me 120 bucks to have somebody do it. And yeah. if something goes wrong, yeah, I go to Leonard fault. and be like, Leonard, what are you doing? Right. No, right. At least you have some sort, of, some sort of plausible deniability there. So th- that's it. Like, no, but I do have to mail that in. Yeah. I did forget the first couple of years. Like, I had them processed, and then I didn't pay it. And they mm-hmm. came back, and they dinged me for that. Mm-hmm. They did ding me for that, but I am getting my return. I already spent it five times. Yeah. <laughs> I've been so- like, oh, I'll spend my tax return on that. Yeah, this. I was like, okay. well, I'll buy my golf irons for that. And then you know, I had those for a few days. I'm like, well, I'm going to go get a driver. So I haven't got my taxes yet. Yeah, I'll spend it again. And then I ah, had yeah, some clothing. Let's get that going. You know what I mean, right. dude? And I have spent, seriously, as the rappers would say, a grip of money. Wow. A grip wow. of it. And, 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 and as of recently, Stacks I am uh, dude, like a drunken sailor. Yeah. I can't stop. Jeez. Um, I know this was something that you kind of were like, all right, I need to focus on it. Hopefully you didn't overcorrect here where it's like, all right, well, I can't do it. Now I'm going to overindulge in it. You know, you got to find that happy medium. But I don't know. You still got money in the checking account, right? Yeah. For now. Yeah. But again, like a, like a, like, like a true poor person, I look at the money I have in my account and it's not a lot, but I go. Well, I mean, I can pay my rent, so obviously I can buy this. Right? Like that's not. I mean, well, that's a terrible way to go. Well, and I think, I think honestly, that's something you know, you know, the rich dad poor dad theory of like when when you have money versus when you don't. I think poor people have a very hard time with the concept of saving money because it's like it's going to go out the window sooner or later. So, so if I don't well, spend it, if I don't spend it now on something I want, somebody somewhere is going to screw me out of that money, and I'm not going to be able to, you know. Well, so what, what happens? I would imagine. I don't know, but I would imagine is what happens is you owe so many people so much money that you're worried if you keep it that somebody's going to garnish it or you right. know what I mean they're going to take it so it's like let's burn it out of here quick I mean that's why that tax rebate I mean do tattoo shops and like you know what I'm saying and, and like new televisions it's like dude this is the only opportunity I have to do this my buddy my buddy Jim doesn't necessarily have like a job what Jim will Good do for him what Jim will do is he'll take his money and he'll buy cars or motorcycles, and then he resells them. And a lot of what he does is he'll buy, like a guy will go out and buy a Corvette, not know how to drive it and crash it, and he'll come by and buy a smashed up vet. 
And then what he'll do is either take it back to his shop and take it all apart and sell the doors and the steering wheel or whatever on eBay, or he'll put the X amount of dollars into it, fix it, sell it out of his front yard. Okay? Where was I going with this? Where the hell? Your buddy Jim, no job. He doesn't have a job. He's out there fixing cars. He's what doing the hell his things. He's paying about? his taxes. Is he is- <laughs> no, what the hell is it? Oh, my God. Legitimately, I'm right in the middle of the story, and oh I don't God. know why the hell I'm Stop talking. smoking weed. Everybody at once. Just tell the man. What were you talking about? God damn it. The minute I walk down to go to my office, I'm going to be like, oh, dude, dude, somebody put me back on the radio. What was I saying? I don't know. Oh, my God. I have never felt dumber in my life. And I talk out loud to public every day. <laughs> what was I doing? What was I doing? Like, legitimately, I don't know. This is the most embarrassing thing I've ever been through in my life. And you'd think I would get out of it. You're like, all right, bro, this is your show. Whenever you want to stop, just say, you know what? Coming up next, Teresa, $1,000. She's going to give it to you. Why was I telling you this story? No car, no taxes. Oh, Here the go. tax return. Yeah. So what? But my point was is that this is when everybody buys used cars, used yes. motorcycles, and so, dude, that's what he all year he just buys and has stuff and fixes it, and then three months out of the year sells everything. Dude, he doesn't have a job. It's like the greatest system I've ever seen in my life. But he does what most people can't do, which is take ten thousand dollars in cash and give it and put it in something that he might not sell for a year. Like that's. I mean, he's one of those. Now, are, do you feel like you've you, you, you have plans for this money? Are you going to go do something with it, or are you going to be like, "Yo, I've already spent this money, therefore it it should just go into my checking account or into my savings account"? Um, I'm just going to spend it on my three favorite things. What is that? Mac and cheese, okay. potato salad, and strippers. <laughs> I promise you, tomorrow. What is that? I will remember everything I want to tell you. No, what a dumb promise. No, he that won't, is. dude. I'm telling you right now. All right, Lewis Black tickets. We're giving those away and then just pff, never gonna give them away, dude. It's gonna I happen. I did it today. I know you did. It was a good job. Buddy. Although I did I did delay it one segment. <laughs> one segment. All <laughs> right, coming up next segment. I did I did do that. <laughs> Teresa will get you hooked up with a thousand dollars. She'll also remember the name of every band she's playing you. She'll say it. <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers. I, pro- I, Red I, Hot Chili I pe- promise you, Teresa <laughs> will not brain fart live, embarrassing on the radio. That will not happen to her. Aside from that, we're done and thank God. We will We'll be back at this live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great afternoon. See ya. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9.